Hello, I'm Somia Aryan. I'm a tech philosopher, author, filmmaker, and the founder of Impeak. In this podcast, I speak with innovators at the forefront of emerging technologies. My guest on today's podcast is Oliver Biggs from the GAT Protocol, an innovative company that aims to solve the problem of ticket fraud and scalping using blockchain technology. In this episode, you will learn about smart tickets and how they can revolutionize the way tickets get into the hands of fans and benefit artists and performers while minimizing the need for intermediaries. So, um, Oliver, I listened to your podcast interview uh, on Overpriced JPEGs. That was a few months ago. And I, at the time, made a note to myself to reach out in a few months' time to see how things have progressed because um, it was quite interesting what you were doing at the time. You know, it was like more early days. So last time uh, I checked in, you were uh, developing essentially a way uh, for ticketing to be done through NFTs. So how has how has that worked out over the past few months and, and where are you with the progress? Yeah, so thanks for having me. Uh, this is really, uh, really wonderful to be able to speak here. Um, the NFT space, as you know, one day is a week, uh, one month is feels like a year uh, in, in normal time. Uh, so uh, there's always crazy amounts of progress happening both in the space and within the team. Um, since uh, a few months ago, we've launched a couple of very interesting uh, products and, and we've had some cool developments that I'm happy to share. I'll give a quick rundown of what we do. So indeed, we do on-chain ticketing. Uh, so blockchain ticketing for uh, anyone who wishes to issue tickets, basically. Uh, so we're kind of a, quite an agnostic or neutral protocol in that sense. Uh, get protocol, that is. Um, so since 2016, we've issued blockchain ticketing. We've really had a big focus on uh, servicing everyday people. Uh, so we really believe in blockchain and we really believe in NFTs and emerging technologies such as DAOs uh, and, and the whole Web3 creator economy. But at the same time, we've learned quite early on um, that in order to actually deliver tangible value to, to everyday users, uh, you need to be realistic about what they need. Um, so we developed a way for uh, digital tickets uh, to exist on chain. Uh, really focusing initially on um, eradicating scalping uh, for tickets, which is, of course, a huge, huge problem. Still is, unfortunately. I think the Champions League final recently showed uh, that it's not solved yet. Um, you want to explain what that is, just in case people, uh, some people might not know. Definitely, definitely, yeah. So scalping uh, is when someone comes in and buys up a, a, a chunk of the ticket inventory uh, from whoever sells the tickets primarily, so an artist or a football club or whoever, um, and then turns around and sells these tickets for big markups on secondary platforms, um, places like Viagogo, but there's a bunch of them. Uh, and they can make a lot of money this way because often this is not regulated or very poorly regulated or they're technically savvy enough to kind of get away with it. Uh, so this is uh, a problem, I would say, because it, it costs people a lot of money, costs fans a lot of money. Fans sometimes don't even know whether or not they're buying from the original source, uh, the tickets. Uh, and it also opens the door to fraud. 
So I think in the example of the uh, recent Champions League uh, final in Paris, a lot of fans showed up, uh, you know, having bought a ticket for more than a thousand euros from uh, uh, one of these resale sites. And the downside is that on top of paying that much money, which it's not worth uh, initially, at least, um, they also have no clue whether their ticket is actually real or counterfeit. Uh, so they show up to the gate. Uh, the scanner doesn't work because it's a fake ticket uh, and they've paid so much money on travel uh, and they have to miss the game uh, in the end. Um, so these are all problems that are uh, solvable, uh, is the good news, uh, you know, by adding the, the taking the core benefits of blockchain technology, which in my view is transparency and accountability. Um, those are extremely relevant for the ticketing industry. Um, so adding that on, on the, the, the flow of, of tickets uh, in the mainstream um, can eradicate scalping and can also um, make sure that fans don't have to live in that uh, shady gray area where they don't know whether their ticket is real. So do you think that there is a, a way to do what you're doing so that the audience and the managers of those you know teams or those artists don't need to even know that they're interacting with the blockchain you know like i think that the key to blockchain adoption is if we don't have to actually keep thinking about like so if you think about the way that we use things like email or social media and you know we don't wake up every morning thinking about oh i'm now interacting with this protocol you know on on uh, the internet right whereas with blockchain there's it's so confusing for people you know i was like looking at the learning material that we have on our own platform it can be so overwhelming for somebody coming to the to the space to kind of think about oh layer ones and layer twos and like there's like all of these terminologies you know like it's it's really really complex and i think we take it for granted how complex it is so have you been able to solve the problem of counterfeit in uh, ticketing how have you approached that or have you thought about that it's, it's oh you're right on the money it's a thousand percent uh, correct that that's the way to do it and i'm very happy you're saying it because i sometimes feel like Kind of the village idiot talking to you know people in the the web three or nft space and kind of being like the normie or uh, or like because that is the way to adoption we really focus on like getting the benefits uh of this technology to as many people as we can uh and that means hiding away uh and obfuscating the complexity because there's no we care about the tech like internally like we have like we talk we brag about it to each other like oh this is great this is cool um but my mom going to a concert does not care about it in fact she gets kind of nervous when she sees blockchain because she's read some article about it somewhere that she doesn't understand uh or she's read something negative and she doesn't want to have anything to do with it um so definitely the way to mass adoption is by bringing the benefits forward, uh, giving people uh, an easy experience, whatever industry it is. Um, and then afterwards, um, you can say, okay, by the way, this was done by X and Y. Um, but that's 100% the way to do it. Uh, and, and that's our approach as well. We learned early on uh, that bragging about blockchain doesn't have any benefit, you know, even in some event organizers might be interested in it. Some artists are really progressive, or really want to do cool stuff, want to set up their own DAOs maybe with their fans. 
uh, and we're all for it and, and we can help out and you can even use tickets to do that. Um, but nine out of 10 times, you just want to get people into the venue uh, and, and have them uh, do so in, in, uh, in a better way. So that's the way to do it. We kind of provide it in an optional way. So all our tickets are on chain. In an average setting, if people buy tickets by, from any one of our integrating partners around the world, um, they will just buy a ticket like they're used to now. They pay in fiat. Uh, they have a, a, a wallet app um, that they can see the ticket in. They show that at the venue and they get in. So they don't know that it's blockchain based. They can, however, if they want to switch a toggle uh, in their app to say, show me my tickets on the blockchain. Then they can see the specific NFT that they have. They can see the life cycle of it. So they can also see, okay, this has been resold before for X and Y price, uh, or, okay, this is where it comes from. This is a legit ticket. Uh, and if they want also, they can fill in their wallet address. And then the moment uh, that the, their ticket gets scanned at the venue, uh, their NFT is sent to that address as a collectible. Um, so that's all optional. It's in there. Um, but right now, I think where we are with the world, people are starting to understand it. Um, but we need to be, I think, in terms of adoption in that kind of hybrid sweet spot where it's available, but it's not forced. Do you use the term NFT when you are uh, issuing these tickets? Like, do people? So let me ask you this because I haven't actually um, interacted with your platform, and that's something that I, I would really like to look into more closely but um one of the things that i always explain to people is like the way that you know that you're interacting with web3 is that you are using a wallet rather than you know logging in with your username and password usually you know like that's one of the ways that that is like the hallmark of you know web3 right right so do people have to have a wallet to purchase okay how does that work then yeah so that's um that's a very valid point. And I think that's kind of the one of the big philosophical, um, yeah, not a debate, but the choices currently with NFT ticketing, um, especially the, the new players coming up, everyone's starting to see the use case, uh, which is great. Everyone who gets into NFTs after all is like, okay, the art's cool. What else can we do with it? And then ticketing makes sense to a lot of people, um, which is great. Uh, and then I think usually what people assume if, if they at least come from a sort of a Web3 background is that they want to use NFTs as an access token to an event. There's more and more of those projects popping up. Some are very cool. Some are actually starting to work uh, very nicely, but they all require having uh, a MetaMask or Rainbow Wallet and, and kind of being savvy in that way and having a seed phrase somewhere. That's still not scalable. Um, so... Um, we don't require that. Uh, you, the flow for anyone buying a ticket uh, from any of the ticketing companies using the protocol uh, is simply they just go to the website of their artist. There's usually an embedded ticket shop um, and all they need in terms of sign up uh, is just their name, an email address and a phone number. Uh, and then the, the, the phone number and the uh, device number is actually what's connected to the ticket initially. Um, so that's where it lives supposedly. And that's how you connect also to the corresponding uh, blockchain ticket. Um, so there's no need for a crypto wallet. Uh, okay, so, and they pay with fiat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
pay with fiat just like you're used to, uh, like paying dollars or, or yen or, or euros, uh, depending on where you are. Um, that's no problem. Uh, it's exactly what they're used to. Uh, and then the ticket uh, gets assigned to them, to their corresponding phone number. NFT gets minted at that point. And then if they want to receive the NFT as a collectible or for sort of Web3 utility post-event, um, then they can also uh, fill in their in their profile, their wallet address and connect it that way. So it's an optional uh, feature in that sense. Uh, and in our experience, it really depends on the event organizer that we work with, like how uh, how much attention they, they assign to this. Uh, like we did a big Metaverse conference a couple of weeks ago here in Amsterdam, MetAmps. Um, of course, that's the perfect type of environment where you really want to be pushing that and put a lot of effort into it. So they uh, uh, commissioned all sorts of custom artwork with different rarity. Uh, so it was a really cool thing uh, in terms of uh, seeing people really interact with it and being really open to it. And I think close to way over 50% um, of the people in attendance also added their wallet to their profile because they wanted to receive the NFT and they want to be kind of... Uh, from first in line for potential also future usage of that uh, specific NFT. And you use the term NFT or do you, does it say like, would you like to receive a collectible version of this? Um, it's a good question. The toggle says claim your tickets as NFTs and then below you can also switch on show NFT index and blockchain links. So that's where you can really see. So that's where, uh, yeah, we do use the term NFT uh, just to make sure that that's where that is. Do you think that um, in the future, as we become more and more adept in using these technologies, do you think that the term NFT will stay around? Um, or like, for example, definitely terms like crypto is now tainted. You know, obviously that's why we've created Web3. Uh, it's a better way of, you know, explaining. Um, uh, I don't know if it's a better way, but definitely a better way from a marketing perspective. Like now I'm using... Web3 and the metaverse quite a lot. NFTs, people still are a little bit, you know, because of it's got some bad press around it. Crypto is definitely tainted. DeFi is tainted quite a bit, you know. Yeah, because I feel like NFT is such a catch-all term. It's like, you know, used for everything. Like everything is non-fungible. From your conversations with, let's say, artists um, or or, you know, their managers, you know, like, different types of groups that you talk to do they ever say like let's not use the term not yet they haven't said it yet but i think we're definitely headed there i think you make a very valid point uh about the, the broadness of nfts and i think we're almost at we're at the precipice of it being just too broad where it's it's a generic thing it's like uh, yeah, using the term mp3 for songs when mm -hmm. that was kind of what it was uh, so I think that's organically probably going to refine itself, I would say. Uh, it feels like that's what's, what needs to happen. Like you just mentioned, like, yeah, after a concert, the ticket becomes a collectible. Um, yeah. So maybe you don't want to keep it as broad and maybe you want to hone in on what it actually is and, and be more specific about the benefits and that way get more people to actually be on board. Um, and the the counter argument to that um, is that there is still a really big um, demand and interest in big organizations, big artists, um, like 
football teams, clubs um, who want to do something with NFTs, mm -hmm. who have that sort of, uh, you know, slower turn perhaps and, and like internal discussions where like, all right, NFTs are everywhere. What can we do? And, and they're, I think, in a lot of ways, still kind of developing those strategies. Um, and I think it will take a little bit of time before that it becomes clear to kind of a broader audience or like decision makers what the options are really and, and what the benefits are for it. And, and it'll hopefully sort itself out in a couple of years, but I definitely think it's going to be uh, better for the space as a whole and for adoption in a wider sense if we uh, branch out. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's fascinating. I'm really looking forward to the next couple of years and to see how this all, um, you know, works out. Um, from your experience, one of the things I wanted to kind of pick your brain from talking to lots of different industries, which ones are riper? Would you say, like, let's say, sports, music what else do we have like uh, you know what what other areas um i'm trying to think like maybe another thing is like things like tony robbins has got like bigger you know like you know the type of conference right so let's say we have got conferences we have got um music events and then we have got other types of art events and then we have got um sports um these are the major things that you have ticketing for right have i missed anything i would maybe add to that it's not currently happening yet, but it's very ripe, uh, at least in my mind, is movies, movie industry. I, I think the the overarching theme between all those, uh, and I, I think the driving force for adoption is simply fandom. It's, it's having fans and having like a strong fan connection uh, or being able to really um, align a large group of people uh, behind either a certain piece of work or a certain genre or anything or, or like a team. Um, I think that's what really drives um, adoption innovation. And that's also the power that can really help advance um, NFTs and, and Web3 and specifically also NFT ticketing. I, and I think it kind of comes down to how well you're able to align incentives uh, between, let's say a football club and their fans. Uh, of course, they all want to win but perhaps there are also other opportunities in between games where you can kind of bridge the gap a little bit between like us and them speaking from like the organization uh the fans are holy i've spoken to uh lots of people at football clubs and their biggest trepidation around like launching nft collections or doing anything with nfts is potential backfire from fans or negative sentiment from fans Totally understandable. It's it's their holy grail. It's, if the the seats aren't filled, then everything kind of stops. So um, I think the more kind of frictionless and 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 easier ways there are to involve fans um, in in the operations uh, of you know whether it's uh, say it's a football club, say it's like Marvel films. Those have a very strong fan. Um, the more ways of doing that without it being like is huge like okay spend 1200 bucks on open sea to you know buy one of the 20,000 whatever um that i think is going to be is 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 where it's at um and i think sports is probably one of the ripest ones in that sense um because they already have the the connection is so strong uh between sports fans and and teams um so there's wiggle room there i think with the right approach when it's 
clearly not a cash grab, it's clearly optional and it's frictionless, then there's some really cool things that can be done uh, in terms of involving um, the fans in, in operations and kind of slowly expanding the, the dynamic there. Very interesting. Okay, so the conclusion is that of these different types of industries, sports is probably the closest uh, to being, um, you know, adopting, right? I would say so because a lot of the actual tangible benefits are kind of already there, kind of ingrained. Like sports industry is already very much into like memorabilia. Uh, like there's there's a new scarf for every uh, every soccer game. There's uh, custom jerseys for 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 every game for big games. There's you can keep the physical ticket stubs like you see those from from you know Michael Jordan's first game. It's legendary. There's all this sort of stuff. So. Um, I think a lot of the sentiments already there. I think it's just on us within the industry of kind of like translating what we're doing and showing how it's actually not different. Like, I, I think in that sense, it speaks to your point about using the right language uh, and not saying, hey, here's this Web3 ERC20 token, blah, blah, blah. It's actually memorabilia. And here's a way to connect with your fans. And here's a way to retain fan data because you can collect actually their wallet address. You can see, okay, these 12,000 wallets were in the stadium on that day. Uh, and you can do all sorts of cool stuff on top of it in terms of like, I don't know, sponsorship, uh, all sorts of things that they already understand. Uh, you don't need to explain to like a, a marketing manager of a, of a football club or a basketball club. Um, but I think it's just the matter of really translating those benefits uh, and showing that it's not complicated uh, or, you know, really, uh, really techy. Um, but the, the, the benefits are the same. They're just kind of richer. Yeah, this is fascinating to me. I have been observing this very closely. I remember um, I used to go to the Emirates Stadium here in London um, to see Arsenal games. And when I think about the type of people, you know, who would buy a season ticket, right? Like that they would always, you know, the, the length that they would go to always have the same seats. And then like what people would pay for uh, getting the boxes, you know, and, and all that stuff. Um, I think that on the one hand, yes, from a fandom perspective, they have that connection with the fans. But I think what you said about the language is exactly the problem, right? How do we communicate that? Like, for example, I can't see the kind of people that I used to go to Emirates to, um, you know, to see this. I can't see those people being open to uh, saying like, you know, I'm just going to go and buy the uh, NFT version of this season ticket. And, and even though it has got so many different ways that you could play with it and, and um, you can create so many derivatives, you know, other kinds of ex experiences from those things. Um, I just don't see the general public is not there yet. And I think that it, your company is in a very, very interesting point. And, you know, this is why I wanted to have this conversation. I just wonder, wonder, you know, as an industry, we need a new way of communicating these things with people that doesn't feel like, you know, that they are buying, like you say, an ERC 721 or, you know, uh, things like that. So uh, when you said about the football fans 
or, or like not football fans, just like the sports fans, the concerns that they have. You said about the concerns that they have about the backfire. That's that's super interesting. I don't know if you're familiar with, there is this thing called Bag Me United. Uh, apparently, it's a, you know about them, right? Yeah. Right? yeah. So I, uh, I think I'm going to mint their NFTs tomorrow. And, you know, that's very interesting to me. I wonder if one way that we could uh, break into that uh, industry uh, is to have crypto native teams. For me, this was the first one that I I saw, and I was like, okay, this is really cool. Right? Like these guys are, you know, essentially a crypto native team. But what has your experience been with, you know, uh, whether it's artists, whether it's teams? Are you seeing a lot of examples or or any examples of crypto native version of approach? Like, you know, if I was gonna go back and do my metal band now like i would probably do something disruptive like that you know great question uh, it's a great example also yeah uh, i'm following uh Wagner united for sure and and kind of seeing where that goes uh i've seen i think one other example of a football club where it's also dow run i think um i it's it's very cool I, you really see a huge difference uh, on the spectrum between how forward-thinking artists uh, and their managers, which is a big component also kind of behind the scenes, uh, are. Um, we've seen some great examples of people just willing to try stuff out. Um, I think a really, it's it's a less sexy maybe, but it's it's also an example is um, using tickets, uh, NFT tickets uh, that we issued, and then post-event, those tickets um, were uh, token-gated access to a specific Discord channel. So you could be in touch with the artist through that way, uh, and the artist from that side then knows, uh, okay, these this is my fan base in London, this is my fan base in Antwerp, this is my fan base wherever. Um, so that's I think a cool initiative that's got forward thinking to me at least. Um, but I haven't seen a lot of crypto first initiatives on the scale of what we're seeing now with Wagme United. But I think that's right around the corner, uh, and I think it's gonna either show or or it's, it's going to prove whether there is or isn't this kind of big undercurrent of adoption because i think there's you know a lot of like the big initiatives and you know and the board apes and, and the thing those they get all the headlines um but i think in the meantime there's also a lot of, of people a lot of mainstream people who are slowly getting kind of onboarded uh and and are getting comfortable with the term terminology and a little bit with the tooling, everyone has like the the one friend at the party who's like, all right, I'm just going to explain this to you and I'll show you it's not that difficult. Um, and there's great initiatives that are kind of simplifying the whole, whole process. So I think it's going to happen uh, just to make it about me again. Uh, my apologies for, for that. But uh, we do really see that tickets are a great example for this. So it's kind of a great vessel of kind of doing like web 2.5 where, okay, your ticket's on the blockchain somewhere you've used it to get in. You might not know it, you don't need to know it, but you might one day be curious about it. And then kind of, you can still go back and find it and say, oh yeah, this is cool. And like we do, we work with the Dutch basketball team and we do evolving collectibles for them. So post game, we changed the NFT image from like their logo to an actual action shot from that game. It shows the score of the game. If they won, the image gets a green U over it. 
Um, that's kind of a simple way of like building up collectibles and fans who might not even want to use them now will one day kind of start to look back like, oh, that's kind of cool. And maybe next season the team can say, okay, everyone who has five or more tickets uh, from, from last year uh, can get early access to, you know, the season tickets for next year or something like that. So I think uh, it's kind of headed in that direction, but I think the the trick is now to go, go in that hybrid sweet spot and kind of offer it without, you know, cramming it down uh, people's throats at this point. You know, um, I see also there are so many things that we do traditionally in, um, in sports, for example. Like I remember, again, one of the things from my um, football experience, the reason why I keep talking about this football experience, you know, I come originally from Iran and in Iran, women are not allowed to go to a stadium. So when I came to the UK, this was the first time I was ever able to go to a stadium I had never seen inside of a stadium so it was so fascinating so I took note of so many different aspects of the culture um, and the things that um, was so different that was so new to me so one of the things that was fascinating was like before the game you know if you went to have um, dinner or lunch or something before you know in, in the areas that they have they bring you these um, pieces of paper and you can uh, make some predictions about who is going to score at what time they would score, you know, and then you would bet on it. And if you think about something like that, if something like that was, was done on the blockchain and as a fan of that team for, you know, however many years, let's say five years, 10 years, 20 years, you know, you've been going to the same stadium, you've been doing the same thing. Look how fascinating it would be that like when you do it on a piece of paper and you go home, that memory is lost, you know, like in 10 years time, in five years time, you know, you don't have that anymore, you know, like that, that's gone. But if, if imagine if in five, 10 years time, you could look back on the blockchain and you could see, you know, or you had your like portal, you know, for, for that online, you know, like, for example, like I have a Moonbird and one of the things that they're doing with Moonbirds is that if you go to the different Moonbird events, you get these POAPs and then, you know, the, then eventually it shows that your, your Moonbird has, um, you know, uh, traveled to these places and done these things. And uh, in a similar way, if you could do something like that, where every time you make those predictions, you know, whether you get it right or wrong, you know, like that, then in five years time, in 10 years time, like that's such a beautiful thing to pass on to the, the next generations and think, you know, uh, that, uh, oh, like my dad went into this or my mom went into this, you know, and, and uh, she made these predictions and look, this was like how many times she got it right, you know, like all of those things. I think all of those are the kind of conversations to have with these brands, with these with these companies. One of the companies that I work with uh, for the past six years, I've been working with Steinway Pianos. And um, like yesterday, I had um, a long conversation with the CEO in, uh, in New York, and I was explaining to, the, to him all of these different ways that, that NFTs could be useful for creating um, you know, value, long-term value for uh, the people who buy these Steinways or, or who want to associate with the brand in some ways beyond just like buying the piano, taking it home, you know, tuning it every six months and, and like playing it, right? So have you had uh, these types of conversations with people in music or, or sports or, in, in, you know, all these other areas? And when you talk to them about that, does it get their creative juices going do they do they also look at it and say 
oh yeah, these are the, these are all the different ways that we can use it. Uh, or is it that, you know, it has to be more of a one way thing from you to them? Yeah, definitely. Uh, short answer is, is we're really starting to see that now. So companies are starting to get creative on the inside. I think um, there's a whole broad spectrum, of course, of what's applicable in some Industries, I think, are more used to kind of pivoting and kind of going with the times and be like, okay, here's this new thing. Let's let's play with it. Let's see what works and let's try and find a connection to our users or consumers or attendees. Um, like there are theme parks is a great example. It's so dynamic. There's so much stuff going on. There's already all sorts of fan loyalty built in. Uh, there's all sorts of rewarding, there's all sorts of uh, collectibles. It's ripe. Uh, actually, I want to change my answer for the ripe question. Maybe this is more ripe. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's ripe for the picking. And so if you have forward-thinking people in that company or in, in you know, whoever manages the, the customer experience, uh, you can have great conversations. We've had very interesting sessions where it's like, okay, what does... Uh, the flow for an attendee look like on an average day? What places do they see? Where do you want them to go? Do you want to guide them through certain areas? Like, is there, can we do like a scavenger hunt in terms of like collecting like like a POAP-esque uh, NFT throughout the park on certain routes? Are there benefits there? Do you want them uh, to avoid certain spots throughout the day? You can really do like some sort of crowd management tools that benefit like safety, which is like a theme that's, may people may not uh, associate uh, with the nfts but there's a way to uh, you know uh, put that in there um, to improve the whole flow and and, and the experience of, of but without them even knowing that you know they're having like a, a better experience that way or steering them towards certain activations um, things like that so um, the creativity is starting to get there and it kind of goes back to the whole using the right language thing which i think we're all getting better at um, and also with people getting more comfortable with the idea of, okay, maybe we should do something with NFTs and let's actually see if it's as scary as, as I'm assuming it is. Um, so yeah, sure. <laughs> Long story short, it's happening. Uh, and I think I personally believe it's, it's really a matter of working with several kind of progressive parties and just establishing some use cases, uh, so that we can, um, kind of show those to folks and say, hey, here's what we did in this instance. These are all the steps that it took. It's not that bad. Uh, this is what we think we could do for you. And let's talk about it. Um, and just wrapping it up with a nice bow around it and saying, like, here's the benefits. It's not expensive. Uh, it's not technical. Um, there's, a, there's a very decent way to make this work for you. And, and uh, if you're up for it, let's kind of experiment. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's it's great to be at that point because yeah, we've been doing this for six years. It definitely wasn't at that at that point six years ago. Uh, we've gotten some weird stares and some glossy eyes throughout the years, but uh, right now people are way more open to figuring out uh, how this can work. I think this is a good place to bring uh, the conversation to an end. So, is there anything you would say to people listening to this conversation? You know, I have a lot of people from LinkedIn listen to this. You know, even though they are not into um, this stuff yet, you know, but they are curious. So a lot of people listen to it from a B2B perspective, wanting to understand, you know, how, how this would relate to their businesses, you know, especially considering that 
we are now in a bear market and usually the adoption starts to increase when when you're in a bull run you know things are you know people see oh like crypto prices are going up or you know nfts are so you know exciting and and people get excited by the possibility of making money in this space you know so they um become more excited about that so what would you say to people listening to it now in in this time and people may be listening to it you know, six months down the line, a year down the line where things uh, will change. What would you say to them about the fundamental reason why they should pay attention to this technology? So I think for B2B reasons, what we kind of like to say or started to say more and more I'm noticing from our business developers is that we are beginning to see the um, ETH address or crypto address as a new type of email address. Uh, and that's a little bit of that translation uh, element to it. Um, but if you if you see it as just an other way of reaching people, that's not defined by social media algorithms. That's not defined by you know sorts of uh, uh, obfuscated uh, whatever protocols. Um, this is, I think, one of the ways that helps people really see what's possible there. Uh, especially from a B2B and, and kind of more business or marketing focused uh, perspective. Uh, once you can kind of make that leap uh, mentally, you can kind of start to see the potential slowly. Uh, and, and the nice thing about, uh, you know, crypto wallets is that they're all public, they're all on chain, they're all visible. Um, so it's very interesting. You can see in terms of uh, our business, you can see, okay, these people attended these events. Uh, you can also see how these tickets are being resold because it's such a cool piece of art on it or, or whatever. Um, but I think that's a really kind of um, helpful way to think about it. And I think more and more we're going to start to see um, resemblances between uh, between that. So I would see the 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 wallet uh, of an NFT as just another way of of reaching um, you know either a consumer or uh, a potential consumer or uh, someone you'd like to work with. Absolutely. Well, there's some real nuggets of wisdom there that people can take away and, and think about how to apply it to their businesses. So I appreciate you sharing all that with us. Thank you. Of course. Thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Oliver Biggs of the GET Protocol. Be sure to follow their company on Twitter at GET Protocol and keep up with their future developments. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe to it on Apple, Spotify, or any other one of your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to give it a five-star rating and write a review. Finally, be sure to check out inpeak.xyz and the fantastic educational sessions that we have on emerging technologies and all things Web3.